P.O., we are live, brother. Can you hear me all good? Hey, I can hear you fine. How are you doing? Very well. I just need to Thanks turn you up a little me. bit. Oh, do you want me to turn me up? or do you? Yeah, if you can. Up? If you can. Yeah, I can turn that Bang. up. Is that a little bit better? That's better. Beautiful. Bang. Okay, you let me know, because if I'm jumping around screaming, <laughs> I don't want to blow out your ears. <laughs> That's beautiful. Mate, how are you? I'm fantastic. What is it, Tuesday? I've lost all track of time, so I always, I'm always i constantly looking at the clock and the date and all that. And uh, yeah, I had a pretty busy couple of days, just the start of the week. So very fortunate. You, you, you don't stop, do you? Uh, <laughs> you, you? That's basically what my girlfriend says. She says, come on, can we do something real? I'm like, no, I got to get back in my closet. I got to work. <laughs> Can we have a real moment? No. <laughs> Now's the time to work. Oh, far out. So you've got your own little booth up at home there. Yeah, yeah. You can kind of see behind me a little yeah. bit. I've got my little microphone here. And uh, yeah, it was uh, it was just a little closet that I would audition from. And then once the pandemic hit, it turned into a real deal where, you know, had to proof it further and make sure that it was studio ready. So that we could continue recording, because, yeah, the games, they don't stop. They've actually uh, produced more during the COVID because people are able to work from home and they kind of streamlined it instead of, you know, the scheduling process of having you go to a studio, drive in traffic and all this stuff. So a lot of things been produced. I've got to say, man, you, I, I'm very impressed, let's just say that, with uh, what you can do. And I don't know how you do it. Years of work and training, but your voice and some of the impressions and some of the, the stuff that you can do is incredible, mate. I'm a big fan. Thank you. Thank you very much. So we're, we are, I am going to have to ask you to do a couple of these as we go oh, along. Yeah, I'm sure they'll course. just pop out. I'm digging your setup, by the way. This is, oh, man, is that, uh, that's, I see Doom. I see Red Dead Redemption. Uh, yep. Is that uh, Uncharted? Yes, Uncharted. That's what I see. Uncharted, there. God of War. Bottom God there. of War. That's yes. Yeah. They're on the, the boat there. Yeah. I need it. I need it. I got a Doom. Doom Eternal. Doom sent me this, oh, um, yes. this chair. Um, Hell yeah! And a shirt. Come on, man. Yeah, and I got a statue off here as well. I'm a big fan. I mean, nice. It's a sweet game. It's in, it's insane. Oh, such a such a great game. Did you know it was going to be this good? Because I know you were in the first one as well for a couple of voices. Um, I I had no concept because they um yeah initially they had nothing developed it was basically hugo martin uh telling me we want you because i i did a several roles so let me back up yeah uh originally i was brought in to be kind of the voice of the demon bible necron necromonicon or whatever it's called um and they said um yeah we were looking for a demon voice so i auditioned with several things and the last option that i gave them i think i gave them three voices the last option i gave them was super cartoony and crazy i was like they will never choose this voice but i'm just gonna put it on for fun and that was the voice that they chose and they said we wanted that hard rock metal demon that you did at the end of your audition because that's what we remember growing up i'm like now at the fifth gauge you will die and so I did that, you know, just for fun because I was like, I don't know what other demon voice you can do beyond what I did. And that's the one they chose. And it was the worst voice to do because you sit through <laughs> a session doing that voice. 
your voice blows out after 10 minutes. Really? Uh, well, it's it's really hard to do. And they had me reading, because um, you go around the game and you highlight these glyphs and they, you know, they pop up and he, the voice basically bellows out the history of the Doom Slayer. And it's like a Bible. And they just re- oh. So do you mind doing the interview in that voice the whole time from now? On? That'll be fine for you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then I will lose my voice after ten minutes. It's really great to be here. And uh, yeah, Man, that, that voice is so cool. I don't know how you do it. <laughs> so deep, froggy. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's it, and it's interesting because you know one voice leads to another. So you do that one, and then you're like, hey, I can kind of hit that, and it goes over. I've but, seen you do that. Um, I've seen you do that with. Um, was it Steve Buscemi and? Uh, oh. Austin Powers. Austin Powers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh. I mean, it was basically me in the shower, and I said, "Hey, what would Austin Powers sound like without his British accent?" <laughs> you know, yeah, baby, very shagadelic. Ooh. <laughs> Everybody was doing the uh, Austin Powers in the '90s and early 2000s, and um, and so I started doing the voice, like, "Yeah, baby." Get rid of the British accent, and he sounds a little weird. And wait a minute, it's it's Mike Myers, right? But you got to get rid of that Canadian accent, and then you got wait a minute, that teeth placement is weird. If I if I make the voice a little bit higher, but keep the teeth there, it kind of sounds like a, a pretty cartoony Steve Buscemi. Far out, honestly. And you know, it it it, it it's just about playing. You know, it's like with music and instruments, you. Uh, you don't know until you get there. You just gotta play around and but I've seen do that. So did you got started on YouTube doing voice impressions and things like that, didn't you? I wouldn't say I got started on YouTube. I say I would say I first started sharing things publicly on YouTube. But because um, I always found that odd for people to say, You're a YouTuber. You're yeah, a YouTuber. it's not like, like no, that. No, no. I'm a I'm a content creator, I'm an artist. Yeah. And YouTube just happened to be what was available. But yeah, I would say 2006, 2007 is when I first started releasing some impressions just for fun and uh, they got attention and I think YouTube featured them on the front page at some point and uh, kind of blew up a little bit and uh, one thing led to another and now I, I am the voice that uh, vibrates your t-shirt. <laughs> so now, you, so you've been doing it for 15 years now, do you... Yeah, yeah. Is the imposter for syndrome sure. gone now? Your your the confidence is up, and oh, you know what you can. Oh achieve. yeah, 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 yeah. I I mean, you're you're always going to have a certain lack of confidence, um, just based on however your personality is. But me, I, I'm very riddled with, uh, you know, mild anxiety, so I I'll, I'll always feel that I'm inadequate. But I think that's good because that always leads me to perfecting a voice or performance. And then after the fact, um, you know, if somebody says, wow, you did a really great job, I go, I guess I did because I put in a lot of work to make sure that fit and that uh, mm. that felt good for me because I am I believe I'm my harshest critic. So when I li- li- read YouTube comments like, look at that baby-faced idiot, <laughs> oh, stupid voice, that didn't sound like him, I'll laugh and say, you're right, it didn't sound like him, and I'm the first one to know that. So um, don't worry, uh, haters. I'm going to hate harder than you. Yeah, I feel like there would be a few haters when it comes to doing impressions. Do you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, because there's, yeah, yeah, always. Yeah. So what about- You're either going to get people who are um, very particular, like they say, that didn't sound exactly like that person. 
but like that's not what an impression is. Or they'll say that was good, but it wasn't funny. So it's just you, you know, can't whatever. wait. People, can't yeah, wait. No, you, no. And I'm sure people are saying like it's too bright on your face when I watch your podcast. And like, well, then don't watch it. Yeah. Listen to it. Look at me. You want it's. This is how you get rid of the wrinkles, hey? Of course. <laughs> you look beautiful. I need some like of that natural feet. light. That's how I. Of course. Get out of the sun every day. Oh, yeah. Far out. So, Call of Duty, how did that get started? Because you've been in a couple. You're obviously Victor Reznov. Um, yeah. But a lot of my audience obviously would know you well, from um, being um, Hudson. Yes. Uh, Call of Duty is a massive, massive franchise. So, mm. anybody in the voiceover world uh, eventually will audition for some role. Like side characters, background characters, you know, NPCs, characters who are – because it's such a massive world that they create. And um, so I think probably got started early on in voiceover. I, I, I can't specify the year, 2010, some, sometime around then where I became some background soldier, Russian soldier. And the more I got roles on there, they kind of got to know me. Mm. Um. And so when it came around to uh, voice matching an existing character, that was something more specific where they said, we're going to look at people who are known for voice matching. Um, and so they sent out uh, the Gary Oldman character, Victor Reznov. But I had no idea who he was. They, they gave me nothing. It was totally blind wow. where they said, here's a voice, match it. And I said, what's the project? They said, we can't tell you. We can't tell you who the original um actor is uh so i just listened to it and then matched it as best as i could and then they said okay this is who you are and once we got into the booth and we started performing then they said okay don't feel bad you you should change it up just a little bit because you know you're obviously not gary oldman we don't want to have any legal issues and all that stuff i i don't know the specifics but basically they kind of let me you know veer a little bit yeah. off to just kind of Kind of let it carry on the spirit rather than being exact Gary Oldman, Victor Reznov, because, um, you know, that's ab absolutely doable. But then also just it, it brings up a lot of weird issues for them. And they just oh, yeah. want to make it easy. It would. So you did the, the mocap for Hudson? I did, yeah. Yeah. So um, for the cinematic scenes, I think for the general scenes, they may have had just their standard crew but yeah for the cinematic scenes for sure the the table the uh getting smacked in the face i think there was another big scene but yeah no it was great because i got to be on set on the with, with uh, ronald reagan that scene yes yeah who's who's um incredible um yeah um, which what's the bet you could do that voice as well <laughs> i did do that voice for another game yeah there um, you go i think uh uh <laughs> recently called mobius 83 where Ronald Reagan was there and he was talking about the, you know, that sort of thing. Um, but I, I think if you don't have a Ronald Reagan in you, then you're probably not an impersonator. Oh, really? It's one of the staples, is it? <laughs> one of the staples of the 80s, for sure. Um. <laughs> I think you got to have a Kermit the Frog. That's that's the key. Well, well yes, of course, you have to do Kermit the Frog. Kermit the Frog is... Uh, Wait a minute. Hi, hole. I've got a Muppets t-shirt. Oh, the where moment. there you ah, go. Ah, ah. Um, Muppets, Beatles. Yeah, I'd like it. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, I remember one of the biggest comments I'd get with, I would do Ray Romano, and the YouTubers would be like, sounds like Kermit the Frog. And I'm like, oh, okay. Well, 
He, he, he kind of does sound like Kermit the Frog. I mean, you know, Ray Romano, he's, he, he's this guy. He's, he's larger than life. Yeah, come on. Hey, you know, what are you, you, you going to expect? Far well, right. Kermit the Frog is a little bit higher and a little bit happier. Yeah, and I'm, I'm depressed, and I, yeah, I like my life. I um, I can imagine you walking around and, and your girlfriend doesn't know which character she's going to get each day. Oh, that stopped pretty quick. Oh, really? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She, she's just like, "What are you? What are you doing?" No, no. It's mostly um, we have a lot of cats, and so I give the cats voices, and she's kind of carried that on as well. So she doesn't mind that when I'm uh, giving the cats voices and that sort of thing. But uh, <laughs> no, if it's an annoying voice, she 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 doesn't like it. Do you reckon there's a there's a, an impression or a voice that you haven't quite nailed yet that you're working on? Well, there always is. Um, I have trouble with kind of the more vanilla sounding voices. Yeah. That not, I wouldn't say bland because they're just, it's just more neutral sounding because that's harder to do. You, your natural voice would have to just be very similar to them. Yeah. Um, you know, so that's always hard for me when someone says, hey, can you do Dwayne the Rock Johnson? I'd be like, yeah. <laughs> I mean, Dwayne the Rock Johnson kind of sounds like President Obama, you know, and, and so you can yeah. find the hook and make it cartoony and that sort of thing, but then it doesn't really sound exactly like that person. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. But so I would say some of the more modern guys, the action stars, they're a little bit harder to do, um, you know, because they're just, they just feel a little bland to me. And also it's harder for me to do an impression of somebody I'm not interested in. So if their personality Yeah, yeah I know what you just, mean. You know, yeah. it's just like, why, why am I going to spend time? But I can tell you every day, it's my, uh, it's my job. They'll send me uh, a voice to match and I'll have 15 minutes to submit it. They'll be like, hey, th- we need this in uh, half an hour. Here's the voice. And I'll listen to it and go, all right. But that's, try and that would be a more niche, uh, segment of the business. Yeah. Voice matching. There wouldn't be that many yeah. people with a skill like that. I wouldn't have thought. Uh, yeah, they definitely wouldn't waste too much time trying to get 200 submissions in. So I think they would have yeah. uh, a, a two dozen, you know, yeah. two dozen or more people where they would say, hey, these are guys who have booked a lot of voice matches in the past. Let's see what they could do. Or they'll just say, hey, this this person we're trying to match has an interesting accent. Let's go to the actors with uh, range and dialect experience and then see what they can pull out. Like would a would a Brock Baker be one of those? Would you think? Oh, Brock Baker, the actor. I was th- yeah. yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah. He he definitely voice matches for sure. He's 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 in town. Yeah, yeah. Um, Zomb- Zombati says, "How long have you been? Zombatiz. How long have you been in voice acting form? What inspired you to do so?" Uh, great question. Um, <laughs> let's see. Uh, well, I studied uh, or I. I grew up watching cartoons and animation, and my father actually uh, got his uh, film degree in animation. So I grew up with a lot of animation material around the house, books and cartoons, and he, you know, he raised us all in Disney. And so uh, I wanted to be an artist and an animator. And, um, you know, just by um, osmosis, you know, watching so many cartoons and references and things like that, I found that I did enjoy the process that the uh, the actors went through. 
And so, uh, long story short, I basically went from studying animation into college, wanted to be an artist, and I found that I had more of a knack and uh, ability to do performative art. And so I uh, started focusing on voices, and um, I would say probably 13, 14 is when I realized that not everybody could do what I could do. Mm. Because I just assumed, oh, everybody does silly voices. Um, Not to this level. Yeah, Yeah. I mean, it it just seemed normal to me. Um, But 13, 14, I was like, okay, I'm the only guy around uh, junior high who's uh, walking around talking like Doc Brown from Back to the Future. Great Scott Marty, the Olivier. People are like, what's going on with this guy? Great movie. Yeah, what a classic. <laughs> of course, Molly. I actually live in Pasadena, which is um, uh, very near to the Gamble House, which is the original exterior shot of Dr. Oh, Brown's house. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just so cool. I love to drive past there and be like, great, Scott Molly, that's where I live. <laughs> that's where I hid my door at. <laughs> he was in a movie I watched the other day, popped up, called Nobody. With Bob, mm. oh. Bob Odenkirk. Odenkirk. Well, who does he play in that? I want to see he's that. He's the dad, but he's also, he's like a badass that, like, just shoots people Cut with a shotgun. You take the shotgun and shoot her in the eye. Don't run out of time. Well, he's, uh, he's what is he? He's in his 80s now, wouldn't he? Yeah, I, I did not expect him to pop up in that movie. That's for sure. That's, yeah. That's yeah. fine. So, yeah, and you just, you've loved it ever since. I mean, this is this is what. You, yeah, yeah. I mean, it it was always just for fun, and then I took it seriously going into college, where um, I got a little microphone. I started studying, uh, you know, radio and um, professional equipment, like working at the university DJ uh, room. We had a you know local radio station, and I would just go on there and talk to myself because. I, I couldn't get any guests. It was before podcasting. <laughs> so I would yeah. call in as myself. But the weird thing would be like, <laughs> nobody cared about who I was doing because I love old voices and old characters. And so I would call they're in. They're not relevant like, enough. Right. Yeah. They're not. Re- and I would call in as uh, Peter Falk. Like, well, it looks like me that you got this radio station going on here. <laughs> what the hell's your problem? Why is nobody listening to you? And I'd be like, that's oh, good. Falk, that's very great good. great talking to you. That's fantastic. You know, I've been dead for 25 years. Um, Fuck, that's good. <laughs> so so that was, I, ne- I I think I had three listeners at most. Um, to but, start? No, yeah. yeah to one start. of them was mum? No, no, no. Oh. Um, <laughs> one of them was probably just me with the other laptop open. Um, but yeah, from college, I, I, I started realizing like, okay, uh, this, is, this is enjoyable. I'm going to push through. And then I had some videos on YouTube that kind of went viral. And so a lot of people were interested in me. And then I auditioned for Saturday Night Live when I was 20, I think. Wow. They they said, hey, you do all these impressions, come on out. And after I auditioned for that, I didn't get the show, but they passed my tape around. Uh, everybody at SNL said, who's this guy? We never heard of him because he's not from L.A. I was living in Hawaii at the time. My parents. Oh, wow. Uh, had us relocate their their artists they're not military or anything and um they just wanted to live in paradise and so i knew nothing about the industry Mm. and all these people like they're drooling 
because they're like, it's new, fresh talent. Let's bring him to LA. And yeah. so I, I decided yeah. to, uh, to, uh, take the plunge and, uh, went to LA. But before I did, I went to, uh, England and I studied there, uh, London for a year. I lived in, uh, Colchester in Essex. Oh, nice. So, so everybody talked like this and they're like, Hey, you from America. That's cool. Hey, say something American. Say something American. Say something funny American. Say French fries in American. French fries. That's fucking hilarious. Now I know where you got your Michael Caine from, hey? Where are you, Michael Caine? Of course. Of course, you're Michael Caine. Of course, he's older now, so he's got a little little grit in his voice. Yes, of course. She was only 16 years old, Batman. (laughs) Um, Yeah. Oh, boy, oh, boy. And I love British voices. I went to um, Tesco. I don't know if you have Tesco in Australia. Um, um, they, I don't think so. Okay, yeah. okay. It's just it's just UK brand. Um, and uh, I went there. It's just a supermarket. And in line in Essex, they're like, "How you doing, love? Okay, just rigging up here. Okay, got some yogurt and uh, some cheese and some marmalade. All the typical things of a college student." And um, I was like, I'm going to, I'm going to impress this lady with my British accent. So I basically did like a Ian McKellen, Ian McKellen impression. I just, I just, my dear lady, I do appreciate your time. And please, may I sign up for a Tesco card? (laughs) If I close my eyes, I feel like I'm with Ian himself. You fucking get, who the hell are you? (laughs) Like, she. <laughs> she she's like great. she thought I was an alien, and I was like, "Oh, I can't do this accent because this is posh. Nobody talks like this anywhere in England." Far out. That's unbelievable. So, do you think YouTube helped your career? Like, would you say it's a it's a tool well, you that you can d- use? To definitely, help? definitely, of course. Yeah. Um, it was a great platform because it was instant feedback. You know, you could get people to say things and. First thing I did was I would delete videos as if I uh, got comments that I started realizing like, oh, no, that isn't a good product. I don't want that out there. I kind of want to get rid of it. Um, and so wow. it it did put me on my toes. It helped me become a better producer. I would, you know, add graphics and video uh, editing skills got better and that sort of thing. Um, so it was a, it's a great tool. It still is. I mean, I think you're streaming now on YouTube. Uh, you know, people tune in. It, mm. it works. Um yeah, you can definitely jump. Uh, but what I did was I didn't focus on YouTube specifically. I kind of veered off from it and focused on studying, acting, working, and getting work. Whereas people I know like Brock Baker, who's fabulous, stayed on YouTube and he stayed with the YouTube yeah. audience and said, let me see how far I can take this. Let me try my humor. And he's done great. And he's and he's and now he's he's been a professional voice actor for a while. So... You know, it's uh, it's it's to each their own. For me, um, I go off and yeah. on it every once in a while. But um, yeah, no, it's, it's a so great you think platform. it is a viable path to in that industry, or if you've got the talent, it I can mean, help. It's, it's a good way to get noticed. Yeah. Uh, as far as holding your content library, you know, where you're like, hey, oh yeah, I'm gonna point some people here, and they can see what I can do. And um, I don't know now. I can't speak now to say that if you go yeah. on youtube you release your stuff you'll get whatever because when i first did it there weren't many people sharing that's voices. when it first came out yeah and now if you just search in voice impression it used to be me and brock baker and wow. nobody else 
And then it turned into a couple more people and more people. And now you just type in voice impressionist on YouTube. Not many uh, videos of mine are even going to pop up. It's going to be, yeah, thousands of people from all over the world doing things. So, um, yeah, now it's probably a little tougher. And uh, for but me, the quality I, I, stands out. I think, yeah, from of YouTube. Course. Yeah, I think so. If people, uh, if people notice, they'll keep watching and that sort of thing. So, do you play the games that you're in? Are you much of a gamer yourself, mate? I am, but I'm a little older generation. I still have a Wii U. <laughs> oh, right. <laughs> uh, and so, when it comes to playing uh, games, I'm like, I, I, I don't have time. I just, I got. Yeah, I know. I got to get to work. I so I, what I do is I, I spend a lot of time on YouTube watching the videos and people playing because I can live vicariously through that going. I know what it feels like to play a game. I just yeah. don't have the time and commitment to invest in all this and then keep gaming hardcore. Um, but I love to. I I, I game on PC. Uh, so I have, um, uh, I like building and simulation games. So I'll play games where I can okay build things and control things. So I wonder if, you know, psychologically speaking, I just like to control people's lives <laughs> like like flight simulator or what what like the sims um uh no like um like um what is it um like uh jurassic world evolution where you get to build a park planet coaster you build your own theme park and oh yeah yeah, yeah. Like and then yeah. i you know uh my younger brother turned me on the portal and oh, um, nice. you know that's an old game but that's an incredible game and and the no man's sky i've been playing a lot of which is how's uh, that these days it's great because it's um they keep adding to the game mm. um and for me it's like a meditative type game where it's like it's quiet it's open world you're not really having action come at you you have to kind of seek out chill things. out yeah yeah so it's like if you got a, an hour or two just to relax and that's my vibe, but um, I do, I do have you know more action-oriented games that I love, but um, don't really play them as much. My girlfriend and I, we just unboxed a bunch of things from storage, and she has like a Sega, what's it, Super Sega 32X. She has a she's a uh, old NES. She's got um, she's got yeah. a PS One, and then she has um, the classics. Oh, yeah, she's got some old stuff, and we were unboxing. I'm like, "Holy shit, this stuff is is great!" Wow. Um, and then I found a, a, I found on the Sega 32 Doom. We actually have Doom, so I'm like, <laughs> "I'm going to go on the original Doom and play that." Wow, that's cool. So, World of Warcraft was your first booked geek. Is that right or not? In terms of uh, a video game, in video games. I, I um, let me see. Back in two thousand and four, uh, that's what I've got here. Yeah, I mean, if it on IMDb, it it's not a- absolutely accurate, so I can't say. Okay. Um, but I would say that was probably one of the first bigger games for sure. Um, I may have done some some other games that were uncredited or or independent yeah. games, but a yeah, lot I, that, I would there? say World of Warcraft would probably be one of the bigger ones. I might go through some of your list here and you can give us your because there's so much to talk about. So I'll just sure. I'll just roll through it. Mm-hmm. Darksiders 2. What do you remember from that? I think it's a nice little game. That one was um blah, 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 blah. Blade Master. Okay. <laughs> there you go. Blade Master. 
Um, what was he? He was kind of, uh, he was like the mission giver in the game. Yeah, and, exactly. And you go, you go up to him and he, he basically, I don't even remember what the, what voice I did, but he's just like, yo, welcome. Here's your sword. Take it outside. Do something with it. Sharpen it, but don't get killed. You bloody bastard. <laughs> I don't know what he sounded like, but probably something in that vein. Um, <laughs> I, I, I swear I can't, I can't recall. Oh, that. I have to be, I, I have to give you a bit of lenience because you've done so much. Yeah. That's work. the problem is yeah. I love when I see these actors who come on and they'll, they'll channel all these voices and I'm like, wait a minute, you're just doing your own voice, but kind of just dark and brooding. It's like here. Oh man. yeah. I know what you mean. Yeah. I'm yeah. soldier seven <laughs> here. I'm hero nine here. I'm the wizard of Darkland. Here, I'm the frightened criminal. Like, okay, you're lucky you could do that. I can't remember. If I hear a reference, then I can carry on to it. But Because um, uh, oh, I, I, I just do so, so many. So I'm like, Jesus Christ, what did I do? Uh, well, so you've had a lot of work as Joe Biden. Is that a bit of fun? Yeah. That's, that's fun. That's fun for sure. Let me tell you something. Our country, there's a lot of, there's a lot of change happening. Our country needs to change in a, in a way that it makes change changing. That's a change that we change and we change changers. Change, change, change. Because um, he's kind of a hard one to do. And oh, um, during the debates before he was elected, everybody was like, you know, trying to hook on to the, the uh, nominees. And one of the front runners was, you know, Bernie Sanders, of course. Bernie Sanders was, uh, uh, you know. This type of guy with this voice and a lot easier to impersonate and a lot oh more fun God. to do. And then when Joe Biden won, everybody's like, ah, he's boring. What does he sound like? And so I just started so listening. In. Yeah, I started listening and repeating and uh, got as close as I could and uh, very lucky to uh, do Joe Biden. I've been done him on Jimmy Kimmel and uh, there's a puppet show called Let's Be Real. Yeah. Do Joe Biden. What's that like for Jimmy Kimmel? What's the back workings of that like? Do you do it from home? Do you go in? What? It's, How does that uh, work? It's ve- the turnaround time is very fast. Yeah. So there's a lot of last like that day changes. Sometimes that day, yeah. yes, um, because they'll something will happen in the news and they'll say we need this, we need that, and uh, before the pandemic, you'd usually uh, show up at the studio and you could record in person there, and you would just sit on a couch. And they would show it to Jimmy Kimmel because he's just running from meeting to meeting, uh, prepping, recording skits. I don't know what he's doing. And then he comes by. He listens to the bit and he goes, oh, that's funny. I wish he said this line as well. And then they're like, okay, get back in the booth. And then mm. you record. So he's very hands-on. He approves everything. Well, that's good. Um, but now with the pandemic, yeah, it's a lot from home where they just send you a script and direct you over the phone. And you you know send it in and then they just put it in. But, uh, yeah, sometimes they'll have you show up on set, and uh, now they do um, some deep fake stuff where they'll actually just uh, use an actor who looks like the person you're impersonating, like hairstyle and face, or, or, I mean, like body shape, and then they'll just have that person lip sync to your voice, and then so that they put the deep fake on top of there, and then then it looks like the celebrity is there. It's pretty crazy. That's a... A ways away of going about it, yeah. isn't it? It's an interesting way to do it. So, and you, you also with you also did the voice in Conan as well. 
Conan show? Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Joe, yeah, I did Joe Biden as well for Conan, yeah. And I asked them, I said, are we allowed to do this? Because I'm on Jimmy Kimmel doing doing Joe Biden. They're like, we don't care. Do you care? I'm like, I don't care. How much money are you paying again? Um, <laughs> no, it's it's kind of yeah, like, yeah, hey, yeah. if you are if you become the guy for a presidential uh, you know, oh. celebrity – then, um, then, the, then everybody will be asking for you. Uh, my buddy John D. Domenico is uh, the quintessential uh, Trump impersonator, mm. and he's been that for I think maybe six, seven years, maybe more. And he's still doing Trump now, and we're we're doing uh, projects together all the time. And because uh, you know Joe Biden, will oh yeah, all Trump and all this stuff. Hey Trump, baby, what are you up to? There's a lot of there's a lot of things. The White House has been overturned. There's cockroaches. There's dirty dishes. Where where do I put the dishes if the dishwasher's always closed? What do I do? Um, <laughs> so, but you do Trump as well, don't you? Yeah, I do a version of Trump. My my Trump is more of the whiny podium Trump. Let me tell you something, people. All you people are really mean. You mean you're so terrible. You're so nasty. Uh, Very nasty. And I don't like it. I'm going to go hide in Mar-a-Lago, and I'm going to sleep. But when I wake up, you all better be very nice. Um. <laughs> You're making me work because I, I do timestamps on the video after. So there's going to be about 50 different characters. Oh, shit. Okay, I'll stop. I'll <laughs> no, stop. please keep going. Keep going. I, I love it. Uh, so then Mad TV is another one that you've done a lot oh, of stuff yes. on. What's yeah. that like? Well, that's incredible because they did a reboot. They wanted to try and see if they could bring the sketch series back in. I don't know if it, it 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 didn't survive because it was just on the not the appropriate channel or the right time. It, it was just a strange circumstance, but it was a really fun experience. A oh, lot yeah. of funny comedians got on there, and we got to work with the original crew from Mad TV. Um, a lot of the behind the scenes people, makeup and directors, as well as some of the star cast, came back to kind of be the hosts of each episode, and I became the impressions guy on that show. So I would yeah. do whoever they needed. Um, I think we did. Uh, I think we did Jeff Goldblum uh, for Mad TV. Yes, they had me in makeup, and uh, wasn't as pudgy, but still uh, because of Jeff Goldblum, <laughs> very handsome. Ah, yeah, we uh, we did a sketch where Jeff Goldblum just talked about hot dogs for four minutes straight. Uh, hot dogs come in an eight pack, but uh, hot dog buns come in a six pack. Uh-oh, two left over. What are you going to do? You're going to put the double double hot dog, double buns, a uh, foot long? Mm, ah, yes, uh, hanging out the sides. We don't know. But, of course, not going to eat them. A vegetarian, Jeff Goldblum, got to remember these celebrity facts. <laughs> Far, yeah, you're a, you're a vegan as well, aren't you? I am, yeah, yeah. 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 I, uh, I, I don't think I've had... Uh, meat products since 2010, maybe. Have you noticed a difference since then? For sure. Um, um, definitely uh, not having. Do you feel lighter? Skin, Do you feel. Issues? What, what's. I mean, you can still eat bad food. If you're if you're <laughs> yeah. vegan, I mean, yeah, I know, but this is bad food. Um, so you you know you've got to watch out eating cookies and ice cream and all this stuff. Especially now, there's so many options. Um, but in the beginning, yeah, it was uh, it was it was easier to maintain uh, a, a slim figure because there weren't many options available. But um, 
No, for example, like my girlfriend, she when she had suffered from a lot of migraine issues, and um, she was vegetarian, but she uh, when she became vegan, she didn't think about it. She just became uh, she she didn't think about the correlation between migraines and dairy. And when she became vegan, she's like, well, I'm not going to eat any more dairy. And um, suddenly her migraines were gone. It's funny you and say that. It's the same for my girlfriend. She yeah, gave she up dairy. Research and she's yeah. like, oh, my God, that's what's been causing headaches. And if you think about it, you you know do some research. You're like, why are we drinking out of a udder? It's, it's weird. Um, yeah. So, yeah, yeah, it's, it's, it's cool now that there's just a lot more information out there. And I'm a really strong proponent of science and facts and making sure, you know, not to fall into bullshit, you know. And so I'm not some religious zealot. I'm like facts and evolution based where I'm like, how do we as a society, how do we as a society, how do we as a society, you know, sustain ourselves? If if uh, we keep eating this way, and reality is we we can't, you know, we're all screwed up. But uh, have, have you this seen this? It's very exciting podcast, hasn't it? All your listeners are like, <laughs> have you seen the have you seen the Seaspiracy Netflix? Doc? I haven't seen it yet. I haven't. No. I, I I mean, I used to watch a bunch of those documentaries early on, and they're pretty gruesome. If you've mm. never watched anything like that, please watch it. Um. Mm. And it'll be very informative, but it'll be very depressing. But hopefully it inspires you to make some type of change. I can't watch it now because I, I know what they're going to show. I it's know just what depressing for me. I can't, yeah, I can't watch yeah. it. Yeah. yeah. So Overwatch, that, that must have been a thrill doing that short. Oh, I that lo- love the fabulous. world of Overwatch. Yeah. Yes. I got to work with Darren DePaul and uh, the uh, Blizzard team there. And, you know, I knew nothing about Overwatch. Really? Nothing. Wow. And um, I think it's probably because I haven't really been active in games every day yeah. and um, playing them, I mean. And um, now I'm much more attuned where I'm like, oh, I got to, you know, make sure to see what, what games are coming out and and uh, stay up to date and that sort of thing, even though I don't play them as much. Um, and uh, so I treated the performance just like a – just a – performance i wasn't going this has the weight of the world on my shoulders i gotta mm. i gotta make this game or this character really good i just said no i gotta do the best performance i can for this moment in this scene at this time and it was a great great session i think it was like over seven hours we did um we did a lot of improvisation we did a lot of um like talking back to, back and forth darren DePaul and i were just um you know, talking to each other as ourselves and then getting into these characters and then finally inhabiting them and then going behind the microphone after, I think, three hours of us just prepping. Then we started performing. It was a really, really interesting experience because you don't do that in voiceover. Normally, you get a script and you're like, all right, go. All right, we're done. It was like, no, you're doing theater. We're going to do theater all day today. And that That's gets awesome. you in the zone and you really like you you no longer think about you performing. You are performing. You're just there. You're 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 working with the characters. And so that process, um, from what I've heard from Darren DePaul, was rare even for him with Overwatch. And I think it was because they wanted to really have the highest quality possible for Overwatch shorts. 
And I think it, it speaks for itself. Those shorts are all amazing. You know, you oh. can watch them now, and they they should you know they should be nominated for Academy Awards. You know, they're incredible. That's what I say. They're like they, they're, they're that like, good. Move over, Pixar. Come on, you like you're like people were messaging me. They were telling me Darren DePaul, all the Blizzard team would send me messages. Be like, people are crying watching this thing. They're it's just crying, unreal. You know, because it's it's like they invest so much in these characters, and then they hear the backstory of Reinhardt, and they're like. Wow, this is this is deep and heavy, and they, you know, they love the character even more. Yeah, obviously Darren DePaul is plays Reinhardt in uh, in Overwatch. I would love to get him on as well. He sounds like a really nice. He's guy. a fabulous guy. Yeah. I think he'd be down to do it. He's he's great. Yeah, hundred percent. So how long was that? Just a day shoot. That one. That one was. Uh, yeah, I believe it was a day. Maybe we did wow. some pickups and that sort of thing. But that's not typical. Usually we do, you know, three, four hours for a voice session and then we move on. But I think because it was a it was a short, uh, they really wanted to so work it. Is it is it weird for you, like do you ever get the chance to bounce off other people like in person? Or is it yeah, always of course. you do? Yes. Um it's uh it depends on the project and the show. Usually it's animated shows that you'll get uh, the opportunity to work with. Excuse me. I'm getting a lot of air bubbles. <laughs> Sorry. That was a real burp. <laughs> That's a fake one. <laughs> That's a projected one. Okay. Um, <laughs> usually animated shows, you will get um, the opportunity to work with other people back and forth. Um, oh, okay. or, the, or the director will... in embody the character that you're speaking to because it is harder to read a line and then not get a response from somebody and then go into the next line and to have that emotional shift change uh inorganically um it's it's absolutely doable but to get a much more believable performance yeah the director will will inhibit uh inhibit no the in, embody the um inhabit the body of the character it must be more fun when you have people to bounce off, like yeah, and it must course. produce a better outcome. I would have thought. Yeah, well, I did yeah. uh, the Adventures of Rocky and Bullwinkle. They did a reboot show on Amazon Prime, and I played Fearless Leader, who was the evil kind of German, uh, Eastern European uh, bad guy of the boss of Boris Badenov and Natasha. And um, in the original series, he was kind. He was just kind of one of these kind of guys, like, yo, Rocky and Bullwinkle, they'll find a way to get rid of them. And um, when we did the show, they uh, they said, we want to amp them up, amp them up. And so he became really crazy. I'm going to turn down my levels really quick so we don't blow out the But he was basically this crazy guy who would talk like this. And um, I have uh, toys of him somewhere. Um and so we would record those as a full ensemble with the cast. So, like, you know, Rocky, hey, I hope that one day we could cl- fly over that gorge. Oh, damn you, Moose and Squirrel. <laughs> duh, duh, duh. Oh, darling, it looks to me that they're going in the wrong direction. That's probably because we gave them the rocket that make them spin around. No, oh, Rocky. Oh, Bullwinkle. <laughs> I don't know how to do. All I don't know voices. how are you doing. That's this, why brother? they cast other people. How the fuck are you doing this? Um, there's a little robot button I press, and then it, you know, 
Unbelievable. Really is. Uh, Rage 2. Angus Groovy, Gatherer, and Oasis Civilian. Mm. What do you remember of those three? Well, um, <laughs> I think those, I, I don't know. I think those are all NPCs. Those, that, I think, they was are, just yeah, yeah. brought in to just do some voices. Cause, yeah, exactly. Uh, they, they knew that I they could do it, um, and I did some characters. But I think there's a really fun character who's basically a brain in a jar. Um, yeah. What what are the names again? The uh, Oasis Civilian, Gatherer, Angus Groovy. Angus Groovy. Hmm. I don't know the name. It, it was like a doctor or something. Um, and you, it's like a secret mission. I think it, I know what it was called. If you YouTube later, you or your fans can search for it. Yeah. It's called Secret Elon Musk Mission Rage Two. And you go really? into this bun- bunker. Yeah. You go into this bunker and um, I play the brain of some genius, but it's a uh, spoiler oh, alert. Wow. That, that, well, that was the spoiler. You, you, you go through this hall and he's going like, no, don't come here. How dare you uh, get out of my bunker, whatever the hell he was saying. And then. Um, That's cool. At the end, it's revealed that he's just this little brain floating around and he was trying to scare off. Uh, you and uh, you realize like, oh, you can't hurt me. You're just a floating brain. He's like, no, leave me alone. Um, that's all I can remember from that session. Uh, yeah. That, that was, when was that? Twenty fifteen. Twenty. Yeah. Twenty. Rage two. Well, it came out in twenty nineteen. But okay, I'm guessing okay, he did so it twenty eighteen. Yeah, probably recorded twenty seventeen, twenty eighteen. Yeah. Yeah. And that would have been just a one dayer. There's a lot of uh, a lot of guys that I talk to, guys and girls, do a lot of these one dayers. One day sessions, yeah. they come in, do a yeah. couple of voices because you're also versatile. Yeah, you know? if you if you if you're doing non-playable characters, um, side characters, they'll have you do three, four characters, and they'll say, um, you know, you you usually audition and you'll book the one guy, let's mm. say the may- the mayor of a town or something. Welcome to Rage Town, and here at Rage Town, we make sure that you're enraged with rage, 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 rage. <laughs> That's word for word exactly what I said in the game. <laughs> and then after you book that role, uh, you go in, and they say, "Well, we have three other characters for you. We know that you have the range. Why don't you play with it? Do your normal voice. Use your normal voice and uh, play this character, and then uh, do this character and change it up and." For example, like in the Outer Worlds, I played Phineas Wells. Yeah, great game and um, super awesome game and really funny. Mm, and great uh, writing. In, ad- in, in addition to that, I'm the first character you hear, Phineas Wells, and then I'm the first character you interact with once you get on to the planet. But it's just me. I'm like this little kid who's like uh, wounded, and he's like, "Hey, do you have a med kit? Oh man, my arm really hurts." Um, and I had no idea that that was the case. So when I watched the game, I'm watching this and, you know, Phineas Wells like, well, you got to get down to the planet. And then it's me. And then you go down to the planet and then you talk to me again. It's so stupid. And weird. <laughs> but that's what makes it so funny. It's yeah, it's crazy. Yeah. It's, it's amazing. And really fun to do. I'm very lucky to be able to just have fun and do this. I don't think I've ever had a session where I didn't have fun. Um, oh, no. So, uh, very lucky. Uh, family Guy, a couple of voices there. What's oh, that yes. production like? I that mean, that's, is, a mam- is, that's a mammoth is, production, surely. That is like a factory. Yeah. So, they are streamlined because they've been doing it for 10, 15 years now. 
they um they've got it to a T. They yeah. they know what they're doing, so they they don't need to cut corners. They basically just they bring you in. You have the character that you audition for, or, or uh, what have you, and then you uh, you record the line, and then you're on your way. You record your session is fifteen. 20 minutes, maybe 30 minutes. Cause it's usually the cutoff, you know, the, the little scene is just like, hey, it wouldn't be funny if, uh, Mel Gibson, uh, ate a bag of, ate a bag of beans and fell down the stairs. And then suddenly there'd be a clip of Mel Gibson, you know, eating a bag of beans and going, yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, ooh, ah, ooh, ooh. they would have those cutaways. And so that's usually where they would bring in an impersonator to do a specific celebrity if they wanted a cutaway joke and that sort of thing. So I've been, so you've been a few cutaways. Do- yeah, yeah. I, I, yeah. I can't remember who for you sure. You Gandalf? Then, I did Gandalf for sure. Yeah. Um, And then I think I did Austin Powers as a keychain. And then probably three or four other. Police captain, sergeant. Police captain. I don't. Yeah, I, I have no memory of this at all. <laughs> really? So, well, I mean, no no specific character where I'm like. Yeah, right. What I did. Like Gandalf, of course, but I think the side characters and stuff, yeah. Is it a, uh, is it a thrill though? Like, because I know you oh, yeah. you were doing impressions of Stewie and Peter Griffin twelve thirteen years ago. You've, the videos are up on YouTube. Oh yeah yeah yeah. And now you're in the, yeah you're in the show years it's later. It's pretty it's pretty insane, especially yeah. for um, like I remember one of the first things I did for Conan was actually a Joe Biden thing before he was it was during the Obama years, and they're like we're looking for Joe Biden because he was running for vice president or something. And he says, I, I do not, yes, I don't specifically endorse this message. It was some, where he does his uh, mixed up speech and he was endorsing his own ad. And uh, yeah. they had me come in to do Conan. And so I sat in the green room, which is like the waiting area at the show. And Conan comes in. Andy Richter is there. And I'm like, I watch these guys on TV all the time. This is so weird. Uh, so weird then you realize no they're just heightened personalities they're just like anybody else they just happen to have been put into this position where they're they're on camera and they're they're on you know you 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 you, you're a different personality when you're on camera hey isn't that great wow okay that's cool um so it's that that energy level isn't too far from what anyone is capable of doing but it's just experience the more you do it the more uh the more you're better at it. So it's, it's interesting knowing that because now when you meet people, especially with voiceover, you'll, you'll run into people all the time. I'll run into, um, a voice of SpongeBob, Tom Kenny. And I'm like, my girlfriend grew up watching SpongeBob and I'm like, I just hung out with SpongeBob for a day. Oh my God, this is awesome. And then after you meet him for the 20th time, you're like, Oh, Hey, SpongeBob. <laughs> you know, it just becomes yeah, yeah. normal. Hey, because, Tom. Yeah. Yeah. Hey Tom, how's it going? It's just, you know, we're all just trying to get through this. We're all just going. So um, it's yeah. the best job in the world because you can hang out with fun people and um, and just just play. Is that a gig you'd want, a long-standing gig where you've, you're the character for 20 years? Is that something that you strive to? I don't know to- if 20 years, but, I mean, sure, of course. I would love to be on a show where I could just showcase – my range and constantly do something different because that's what i yeah. love about voiceovers like i'm very uh distracted I, I i i don't like to get locked in on one thing if i can do a slew of characters that's that's all i love so i love when auditions come in because i'm like 
I'll have 10 auditions and I, I could easily do three voices because they're all separate projects. I could just do three voices for these 10 characters because they're all different projects. Yeah. No one would be the wiser. But I go and treat it like I've got to do a different voice for every single one of these characters. Even though they're unrelated projects, I'm just going to make sure just for me because I love it. I That's just awesome. want to do that because it's fun. Yeah. Um, and so it, it gives me the most joy when I can just stretch and play. But, yeah, I would love to be on a show like Futurama or, um, yeah. you know, The Simpsons, that sort of thing, Family Guy, where you go and you can just sustain these characters and, and grow with them and explore and play because yeah. that's the freedom. That's that's great. A lot of people here love Phineas and uh, Outer Worlds, I've got to tell you. I didn't know yes. people loved it. There you go. The chat loved that game. Uh, I was going to say, it gets a bit hot in hot in the booth, doesn't it? <laughs> I just had to put something out the door. My girlfriend was like, I need something. I'm like, oh, shoot. I'm just texting her real quick. This is live, people. Life is boring. I was going to say that it, it, do you ever, you must get sweaty. It's a little bit of uh, a workout in there, what surely. What are you talking about? I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> nothing. Yeah, it gets, it gets hot in the booth because, yeah, there is no, there's no, uh, no ac uh or you know it'll the microphones are sensitive they'll just pick it up i have a fan i could turn on but that'll be annoying people what what um what mic do you use by the way for anyone out there that oh what's a good well, what's a good um, mic you think for getting started and then for professional level one that you've got now well for getting started i would probably go for a usb microphone just yep. for simplicity because you can just plug and play um Let's see. There's there's a microphone called the Hype Mic by Apogee. Um, I used that as my mobile mic, so when I would be in my car, I wouldn't have time to get back to my studio. I would just record um, onto this Apogee mic. And then I think the newer uh, one that they came out is the Hype Mic, which I have now. And I still use for mobile auditions because the quality is really good. Wow. It's uh, a USB mic. I can basically take it to a hotel room and have on par quality as long as i isolated the sound with a with a booth so it's 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 not too bad it's it's pretty darn good um and i Shit. think that's you know like under, under 250 bucks yeah something like that um entry but level the microphone i use now is called uh studio projects c1 microphone it's um it was kind of an i don't know if it's exactly a knockoff brand but it was it was to challenge the uh, the Neumann U87, and um, one of my favorite voice actors and idols is Corey Burton, and he suggested to many people, um, if you want that sound that's close to a Neumann uh, U87, get a C1 mic from. Is that the one we're hearing now? That is, yeah. Wow, and. Um, and it's relatively cheap. I don't think they make it anymore, so I actually got a refurbished one. So I'm going to have and to steal yours, yeah. You're going to have to steal mine. Um, let me give you my address. It's <laughs> one. Um, wow, you're very, very accommodating. Uh, hey, whatever you need. You got a social security number? I just want to make this easy for you. Whatever you need. Um, the uh, this, And this microphone I just got as a way to audition. And then the more I used it, the more I realized, I'm like, no, this is actually a pretty good microphone. And so all of the sessions I've had the past three, four years have been off of this mic. 
and I what haven't do you, had any complaints. What do you think of the? Is it the Sure mics? I hear that. I, have, word I don't lot. have experience with them, but no. I know Sure is a good brand, so I wouldn't are, say. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I wouldn't say they're they're bad. I would say that's fine. But the reality is now that technology, there's so many competing, competing, competing um, companies. See, I need a script when I speak because I can't speak normally. Um, there's so many competing companies that um, that now the the quality level is so high. You yeah. know, especially now with COVID, they're like, oh shit, we need to make some mics affordable for people because they're all on zoom they want to sound good they're streaming all this stuff so it's relatively easy to get some some good working microphones but i know road i think a road nt1 i believe uh, that's i think that's what i've got now yeah road yeah. yeah yeah that that one's really good you sound great on that um it really is um i think it, it it's more of a um it's a price point if you spend mm. between 200 300 bucks you'll get a you'll you'll get a pretty workable microphone i think if you're you're going for a, a 50 to 100 it's not going to be yeah yeah it's just it's just not going to be uh that level of quality you can use it to audition use it to podcast use it to practice with which i highly encourage people to do you know yeah. if you're if you're interested in voiceover don't think that um what you're doing is is ready you know you yeah. have to have to act number one it's it's all acting it's not being able to do a silly voice. I I fell into that trap where I said, I could do any voice in the world. And then they'd give me a script and I'm like, I can't do this voice when it needs to do this mm. because I didn't have the experience with acting. So I said, oh, shoot, I better practice more and study. And uh, acting became more of the forefront of what I was after and achieving. And then when I said, okay, I've got my Rolodex of characters, now that I can act better... I can access these characters and then I'd start booking more. And I said, well, th that's, that's what it was all along. It's, you can have two voices. You can have one voice, but if you're a brilliant actor, you can, you can, you can, you can start working. Uh, and again, it's, it's more, you've got to have the talent over the, uh, the equipment really. Isn't Absolutely. It? Yeah. yeah. Because there, I mean, you can have all the gear and no yeah. idea. Is what You'll I say. hear people all the time say, um, uh. That uh, you have to get the best microphone, all that stuff. And the truth of the matter is, if you book the job off of your phone, the company will send you a microphone because they want you. That, yeah. You know, this person is so good. We don't care. Just here's this microphone for this project. And that's what they're doing during the pandemic is they will send off microphones that they prefer sometimes to people because I'll send them a sample wow. of my microphone and they go, oh, no, yours sounds fine. But if it didn't, they would just send a studio-ready mic and they'd help you set it up, and you'd have a little portable booth at home just sent That's from the crazy. company because they just want you on the project. Yeah. Yeah, 100%. Bill and Ted. I um, I only watched the first few movies mm. last year. I had never seen them, believe it or not. And then and then you you did a voice match in that as, as Rufus, I yeah? did, yeah. I did George Carlin for that. Greetings, my excellent friends. Um, this is George Carlin, and I'm up in heaven, and boy, does it suck. It's terrible, because I get to look down at you fucking idiots. You're all fucking the earth up. That's right. You're taking garbage, and you're stuffing it up your own asses. Why do you do that? Nobody knows, because you're all fucking idiots. Um, we're allowed to swear on here, right? Um, no, we're not. No, of course. Oh, shit. Shit, um, fuck. 
it, and it's just I, I did like a very short thing. He 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 does uh, uh, an appearance as a hologram because they wanted to honor his character, and they had just a couple of lines that I did. But it was fun that I was able to do that, and you know, you hear it on the big screen. That was that was pretty crazy. Did you work on Incredibles too? I did. I did. Inferno um, said, "Yeah." How, how Inferno says, "How did it feel to work on Incredibles too?" That one was kind of like you, you kind of fanboy out. Yeah, I was <laughs> freaking out because Incredibles, the first one, you know, as a kid watching that was like Pixar quality with superheroes. There wasn't a superhero movie. If you think about it, mm. there wasn't a superhero movie before that live action that was that fast paced, that fun. That was like Marvel energy superhero movie. If you think about it, 100% right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because there's that was comedy, there's action. Yeah. There wasn't anything like that. Spider Man with Sam Raimi, still maybe, a bit dark. Yeah, maybe, still but a bit it was dark. pretty dark. It yeah. was carrying over some of the Tim Burton vibes. Yeah. Um, and so that was really one of the first ones where we're like, oh, you can make a funny superhero movie. And it was, it was before its time because what, 10 years later, then superhero movies exploded. Um, that's wow. why they did the yeah. sequel. And so when they uh, had auditions to do that, um, they basically had, you know, they have their main cast, but then they said, we have all these additional voices that we need. Uh, you know, they had other superhero characters and things like that. And so I auditioned and they brought me in and um, you basically go into a room with, I think we had 15 other actors and they'd bring you in one by one and you would do as many characters as Brad Bird wanted you to do. And uh, then you'd go out and then you would not know at all if you How were many? in the film. Wow. Because, because he would just have whoever was there just do all the voices. So you're basically like, you got the job, you're getting paid, but then you're auditioning again in person. So it's kind of weird. And um, so in that case, I was under the impression that I was the voice of a certain character and then when the movie came out i wasn't and i was like oh okay but i was still in pixar movie and i still have you can hear my voices in there it's fine but um i was i was kind of like oh well i guess i'm not the character that i thought i was but the experience was incredible um uh pun intended incredible yeah i didn't see i didn't even i didn't even get that that's how smart i am uh (laughs) <laughs> what time is it over there? It's eight AM. So okay, you gotta cut me some slack, all right? Yeah, sorry. sorry. <laughs> um what about uh Soul, an amazing movie that so came that out? Was, that was my second probably second or first favorite movie of last year. That was that's uh an amazing film. Mm. Um that process was the same thing where they said, Okay, yeah. we want you to come in and do a bunch of voices. And so they had a bunch of international characters. I think if you recall in the film, they, they go to, yeah. you know, the Limbo Land or whatever it was. And yeah. all, the, all the characters weren't American. They were all kind of international dialects, very interesting sounding voices. And so they were looking for people. And so I originally uh, got uh, Nicholas Copernicus, who's Polish. And so they said, well, you know, we liked your audition. If you can do Nicholas Copernicus, that would be great. So I did that. And I said, okay, well, at least in the movie, I'll have this little walk-on character. And then Pete Doctor said, um, okay, since we're all here, could you do some additional characters? And I said, oh, this is the same thing like The Incredibles. I have no idea if I'm going to get any of my characters in. 
So mm. I do as many characters as I can. Uh, it's a really fun environment. People laugh. People, you know, cheer you on. If you have an idea, they let you play and experiment. Then the movie comes out. I have no idea what I booked. I watch the movie, and there's like six of my characters in the movie. Wow. Like, I'm, I'm in the whole movie. That's I'm like, awesome. What the? Like, I'm watching. I'm like, it should be it's called me. Soul starring me. Um <laughs> I'm like I'm a lot of the the characters in the heaven realm, and then That's like, so cool. uh, yeah, uh, it, and it was it was pretty fun to see that, and it it took me out of the movie, so I got to watch the movie again and just enjoy it because the whole time I was like, what that was me, I, I, that was that was me. Did you hear that? It was me. But if you think about it, me <laughs> in, in 2007 on YouTube watching Pixar movies, and then full circle. 2021 getting into you know Pixar movies it's 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 humbling and it's it's incredible um so hold on so let me get this straight you've been in Pixar movies probably the greatest animated studios ever you've been in Call of Duty big blockbuster games Doom Eternal some of the best-selling franchises you've been in Family Guy what what's left (laughs) you've done it all I'm running for president next. Um, <laughs> it's pretty yeah. impressive. It's pre- I'll tell you, man, it's pretty impressive stuff. Well, thank you. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm very lucky. And I think it really is because of my ability and range that I've been able to stay afloat, you know, because when opportunities come around, I'm like, well, I, I, I'll throw my hat in that ring and see what happens because um, I can do that. I've got the range and ability, so I'm very, very lucky to do that. So you're not stopping on the video games? We can expect to hear no. more of oh, you there's, soon. There's, there's some more. I just recorded some Call of Duty stuff. <laughs> no, we're not allowed to talk about anything. But um, I'll just say that it's such a huge franchise. There is something else happening. So, um, um, Love it. Well, there's, there's always something happening with Call of Duty. Love um, it. Um, I know somebody asked me, they said, is, are we going to get a skin of Hudson? For um, you know, multiplayer, and I, I don't know if we're gonna we're gonna get that. I honestly do not know. I can't say that that's uh, going to happen. So fingers crossed, or just start a you know Kickstarter campaign. Send me the money, of course, but try and get people's attention to put uh, Jason Hudson's skins in there. Um, well, I, I love some people want to play as him, uh, which is always. Oh yeah, fun. I'd love to. I I love what you do with the character though. Like incoming grenade. <laughs> uh, damn it, Adler. Let me show you how it's done. Can you imagine him running around? Here's my knife. Like he just runs around with a knife. Or no, it's it's just a pen. It's just like a CIA pen with the little the little uh dart pen or he just walks <laughs> Get down You idiot. I feel like that voice would be harder doing the those lines, the battle chatter. You know what I they mean? They are uh yeah, because sometimes you can get out of character. Um, and the director, because I do the CIA announcer for multiplayer. Where you uh, do? Yeah. If What's you, that if voice? Play, it's it's just Jason Hudson. Oh, really? Yeah. So if oh, okay. you if you play, I think if you play as a CIA op in the multiplayer, then um, you can hear uh, CIA announcer basically saying, you know, uh, RTB. Incoming missile, all those oh, lines right. yeah, of, yeah, while, yeah. while you while you're playing. Yeah, and I think right, yeah. I think it's over uh you know comms, so it might be distorted. But yeah, that's me doing uh, Hudson as a CIA announcer. 
because uh, I got nothing to do. <laughs> <laughs> so he's paying attention to everybody. Um, so yeah, when we were recording some of those lines, I would get a little too hot, and the director Amanda Wyatt would be like, "Well, well let's tone it down because you know, uh, getting a little too, you know, separate from it, yeah. from from his character, which um, isn't." necessarily bad it's just like they want to keep it you know recognizable and that sort of thing so it's always like they got to make sure that it's in the same playing field well it must be weird because you got ed harris and you've got yeah. um michael keaton michael keaton who have played this character but hopefully this is it now you're the ma- you're the man going forward i mean yeah we'll we'll see we you never know where they'll say you know what Matthew McConaughey wants to play Hudson. <laughs> all right, all right, all right. Hey, now, Adler, let me tell you something. I want you to get there, and I want you to get that bomb. Uh, get that bomb, make it a big, big bomb explosion all over Stalingrad. <laughs> what? Hudson, what happened? I played the bongos, took my shirt off. That's what I look like without my glasses. Man, I am stoned all the time. Twenty-four seven stone. <laughs> um, you got to have a Matthew, don't you, in your arsenal? Of course, you've got, uh, to. you've got to. Yeah, uh, that's got brilliant. To. Damon Victor Allen's actually in the chat, a co-star Damon. of yours. Yes, he says, Piot, damn it, Woods. Piot is such a talent, so much fun to work with, and a hell of a guy. You boys oh. are crushing it. Great interview, Dan. Thank you, Damon. 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 What, what was it like to work with all those guys over there? Well, it was incredible because we could actually perform together. Like, you know, it's not typical to be uh, collaborating and have a scene and um, in voiceover, but because it's motion capture, it is like a black box theater play where you are on a stage, a sound stage, and you have to interact with these guys because they want to get the real believable performance and they need the physicality behind it because we will grab each other, we'll interact with each other, we'll hit and kick and scream and all that stuff. So they want that realism there. And I got to meet everybody, Lily, Reggie, Damon, and Damon. <laughs> and, of course, Bruce Thomas, who's, uh, you know, he says he's Adler, but he's really Batman. Um <laughs> yeah exactly he, you know yeah, he, he yeah, comes yeah. in and he's like it's bruce wayne it's Br- he really gives off that vibe he's, he's such a cool motherfucker i reckon he is but, in but, the sea. No, he's I got mean, a back cave somewhere and what's so fun is to see everybody turn on their performances you know because you focus on your own role when you get on stage and you do this but when you see everybody else tune in you know, because we're all talking in between, we're all relaxed, and then they go, and then cameras yeah. rolling, then they tune in, and you're like, "Oh shit, yeah. Bruce Thomas is a scary dude." <laughs> you know, all right, we're gonna go out there, and he's he's got a. It's so funny because with motion capture, you normal things that you do every day have to be augmented and changed on stage because it, otherwise it'll interfere with the uh, with the uh, sensors. So, like drinking a cup of Tea. It's like this, yeah? Yeah, so it's like... <laughs> yeah. You know, and so you'd see like Bruce Thomas with a with a pen and he'd be, you know, pretending to smoke his cigar and he'd be like... <sighs> and you're like, what the hell's... And you're like, oh, no, no, no. You got to get into the zone. Get into the zone. Get into the zone. This is serious. This is serious. Yeah. And then um, 
you get Jeff Bergman, who's amazing. Jeff Bergman is an incredible guy. He's the voice of Bugs Bunny and Looney Tunes. Uh, he's in the oh, new wow. Space Jam as as Bugs Bunny. Uh, and uh, I don't know why I'm doing Bugs Bunny. Um, and Jeff Bergman played Ronald Reagan. So he comes on as Ronald Reagan, and everybody. Uh, there's the one opening scene where they're all in the briefing, and Jeff Bergman sits down. And he doesn't look like Reagan. None of us look like anybody. I think no. Bruce is probably Bruce is probably Bruce the is closest. Yeah. Bruce, Lily, and of course Reggie. Reggie is basically a carbon copy. Okay, Reggie of, number of, one. Yeah, yeah. Reggie. Yeah. They they're like he's so good looking. We got to make him the character. <laughs> um, but, so you know, because we all look different, and Jeff Bergman comes on, and he doesn't look like Reagan at all. And he sits down, and he's in this motion capture suit. And it's awkward when you're wearing the motion capture suit. You you can't oh, yeah. help but you have to get into the zone. Otherwise, you, you'll just laugh your ass off because you all look like, you know, little babies in these, like you're wearing these weird, like, yeah, diaper I hope it's not cold like, that day, yeah? Oh, it's, it's it, they, they turn up the AC, so you're freezing in there. Oh, um, of course. Lots yeah. of hard nipples, uh, mine <laughs> most especially. But Jeff Bergman comes out, and he does his Ronald Reagan, and you're like, Holy shit. Like, I do Ronald Reagan okay, but Jeff Bergman he's doing Ronald Reagan. He's, just, he's yeah. also, I think, you know, 10, 15 years older than me. Um, now he's got to be 15 or 20. And so he's got he's got more gravitas. He's got more of a timber. He's got that huskiness that he can bring from age in his voice. And so when he does Ronald Reagan, it's like, whoa, it's Ronald Reagan. So every time he'd do it, it would, like, set the scene where, like, oh, we're this is really happening. Yeah. Here comes Ronald Reagan, the president of the United States. <laughs> and so that was really uh, a lot of fun to do because um, interacting with people there. And then the great thing was they have the technology to show us the working scene. So they would bring up the cinematics after we kind of did a rough uh, performance. And you could see kind of the characters moving around. And then I think we did a couple of uh, additional filming days where they brought the cinematic the working cinematic and all of our jaws dropped we're like what the fuck like the high quality of these cgi characters are there and you can recognize your own performances because it's it's you know it's mm, with the as in the movements of the face oh yeah, yeah. and you're like you can see yourself in there it's so bizarre but it's yeah. a, it's just like wow this is even cool. subtle things with the face they pick up mm-hmm. don't they yeah, is it weird? Not is it weird doing a character that's you know you've because obviously when I put this out, people were like, "He's not bald, he's not twenty years older." You know what I mean? Oh, of course, uh, of course. And doing Hudson, mm. it's always going to be the, the the thing. Um, you know, especially for me because I I have a range and I do characters that are outside of my own voice. You know, I I, I don't think I've ever used my own voice. Only for a few things, like that Outer Worlds character. They're like, hey, just do your own voice for that ki- for that guy. You know, you're, you're so weasley and annoying. You'll be perfect. <laughs> and I said, what? And they said, action. And I'm like, okay. Um, uh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'll always transform and become another character. But I love it because um, because that's that's the equivalent of me putting on a costume is, is you know, changing my voice and becoming a different character. So, um you know, uh, I I did for a while. I did some commercial stuff. I did um, commercials for the Wizarding World of Harry Potter. We have Universal Studios here in L.A., and so for the local commercials, they wanted somebody to be basically like a wizard voice. 
And so I did The Wizarding World of Harry Potter, now open at Universal Studios. Buy your park tickets and passes online. And um, they had me do that. I auditioned, get there, and they go, are you the assistant? Where's your dad? <laughs> really? Like, yeah. No, they did not. And I You're come exaggerating. In, so then I have to, no, yeah. And then so I have to come <laughs> behind the microphone and I go, the Wizarding World of Harry Potter, now open at Universal Studios. And I'll do a bunch of older characters all the time. Um, and it's funny because um, probably so at least a quarter to a half of the characters I book are old British white guys all the time. So I love it all the time. I get to play these old British people and it's a lot of fun. But you add a comedy to it, I think, because you've got a bit of a comedy... Um Background, yeah, I mean, you've got like yeah, but you've you've got it. You've got to tone it back a little bit because you yeah, know, you don't want that. You know, you're doing a serious role and that sort of thing. You need yeah, to, yeah, yeah. you need to get grounded and that sort of thing. I did um, I did some uh, I did some looping, which is dubbing over another actor. I did some stuff for um, Ian McKellen because uh, he wasn't able to do some yells and some little uh, you know efforts and things like that. And I come in and I do say, Ian McKellen, and you have to get serious because he's doing a serious movie, and this could be up for an Oscar, so you can't screw up his performance. And so <laughs> uh, he was like getting hit and smacked and running around and all this stuff, and I was going, <laughs> and you laugh, it's funny, but you have to take it seriously because it's like, would he really sound like that when he's getting punched or screamed? Yeah, you know, because yeah. they don't want to hurt the the actors and that sort of thing. So they get professionals who have the experience to yell and jump around and do all that stuff. Uh, that's a whole other world, the ADR community, where you come in and oh, dub actors yeah. and celebrities. And I probably, um, you know, ruined uh, Ian McKellen's career now because everybody knows he didn't do all of his yells and screams. So you did, Rings, if anyone uh, asked, you did all these efforts project. in Lord of the Rings. Yes. You shall not pass. Uh, no, it was for um, <laughs> some spy movie or something. I don't know. Oh, boy, boy. Question for you. Did you take any mm -hmm. inspiration from Ed Harris or Michael Keaton? More one than the other? That's from TCB. I think, yeah, we, we based a little bit more off of Ed Harris's performance for sure because he originated it. Um, I don't think I... To tell you the truth, I don't think I listened to Michael Keaton's performance at all. Oh, wow. Um, yeah. Um, originally, they sent the audition like Victor Reznov, where they didn't tell me who it was or what was going on. They said, you're basically a guy in the CIA. And you wouldn't high. know it was Call of Duty yeah. either. No, 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 no. Yeah. They, they just give you a code word. They're like, this is a pretzel pants. And you're like, what? So you have no idea what, what the project is. And so like, you'll be uh, you'll be auditioning for the role of Bob, and you're like, okay, Bob, and they play you a reference, and then um, I would uh, match the character, and then after we we got the character, they said, okay, well now we we want to separate a little bit from what was established because we don't want it to be an exact carbon copy and that sort of thing. And the nerve wracking thing was that you know this is an established character, so when the game comes out, um. You it don't know how me. the fans are the fans are going to react, mm. you know. And so, uh, hopefully, uh, people you know like it and continue to like it. I've only had positive feedback, which is great. I'm sure there's negative thoughts out there, which you know, to each his own. I'm sure you raise hey, on the I, character and you love it. 
But um, you Honestly, know, I cover I covered the game extensively. Alive, they they do have to evolve and that sort of thing. I covered the game extensively. I haven't seen one negative comment about. Oh well, that's great. I mean, Hudson. it's one of the highest grossing games uh, of this last. I think oh, twenty twenty. Unbelievable! It's, uh, it's, how much? How they still pump them out every year, and they seem to get more sales each and every year. You know. Yeah. But the quality's there. You know, the quality's yeah. there. So yeah. Um, was this your first mocap, or had you done it before? I did some facial motion capture before where they just put the dots on your face and you're in the booth, but I didn't do full motion capture. So, yeah, this was the first time actually putting on a suit and then walking around and doing that. And um, traditionally, they they seek out talent who have on-camera experience because that's basically what you're doing. You're doing an on-camera performance. That's what I was going to say, yeah. And so they got a lot of uh, TV actors to do it. Sometimes movie actors, you know, they had Ed Harris and these guys. So I was, I I, I knew I had to make sure to keep my game up because you're performing with these people who are active professionals on camera. And I've done things on camera, but mostly comedic things. And um, Mm -hmm. so you really have to chime in and get serious and make sure that you are grounded, authentic, and real when you when you deliver these lines because. because you're you're batting up against you know heavy hitters. Yeah, hundred percent. I'll give you a couple more before I let you go. I know you're a busy man, mate. Yeah, I any... really have to pee. So any <laughs> any of the questions? Have you seen how much water I've been drinking? <laughs> uh, at least you're honest. At least you're honest. Of course. Why not? Uh, why Why wouldn't I be? Any Any advice for people wanting to get into this game? Yeah. Do oh oh this game. As in, get into this game of voice acting and acting. And, oh, yeah, oh, okay. Yeah. Specifically Call of Duty. Um, yeah. I would say, first and foremost, if you enjoy performing, if you enjoy the act of being in in the view of the public, if you like to perform, then you're halfway there. Don't feel that um, v- sounding silly with the voices is your key in. It's not. There are thousands upon thousands of people who can do silly voices. You can talk to some guy at a bar who will do incredible impressions of Looney Tunes. But when you get in front of a microphone, when you're asked to perform, they're not going to be able to sustain that character. So if you want to get into this, I would highly recommend taking acting classes, workshops, learning the act, the acting side of it before focusing on voiceover because if you're just this guy learning how to talk really good into a microphone (laughs) um you're not going to get anywhere (laughs) or you're going to waste a lot of time because i certainly did you have focus focus on acting 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 and over time you know you'll realize your range and your abilities and that sort of thing yeah but um you know um stretch and play start off with your own voice ask friends that you know and say who do i sound like who do I look like? You know, because if you're mm. going to on, on camera. But if who do I sound like? People like, you know, you kind of sound like this guy. You kind of sound like that guy. And then listen to yourself. Record yourself and play yourself back. You know, you I, what I would do mm. is record yourself, li- listen to yourself later in the afternoon and be like, with fresh ears, just go, huh, okay. Criticizing my own voice, I kind of sound like that. Interesting. From there... You could say, well, 
That celebrity I know kind of sounds like me if he was higher pitched. That celebrity kind of sounds like me if he was lower pitched. I think I can get those guys. One character will lead to another, like I was showing with the Austin Powers goes to Steve Buscemi. In the beginning, I could only do like 10 characters. I thought I could only do 10 characters. Then the more I played with it, the more I realized that, no, no, no. There's millions endless. of characters out there. It's mm. endless. It's endless. It's just being able to have access to those tools in your uh, in your wheelhouse. So you have to practice, practice, practice. Um, a quick tip on how to do impressions. Like I said, find people that sound similar to you already. So you're already halfway there. You don't have to do much. You just, you know, change things. But watch videotape and study mannerisms because voiceover is one thing to sound like them. But acting is physically embodying a persona, a persona, a persona. Um, and uh, I would Doing watch the mouth video. movements and, yeah. Right, of course. Yeah, yeah. So if you watch, like, for example, Robert De Niro, he scrunches up his nose. So already you sound weird. Now you just over-exaggerate it. You sound weird, right? Right? Now you add a New York accent, okay? And remember that he's tough. So a tough guy, what does a tough guy do? He barely talks. A tough guy is going to be there brooding. He's not going to be giving monologues. So he's going to, what are you talking about, right? And then he's a little bit deeper because he's smoking cigarettes, right? But he's always annoyed at people. Oh, that's good. Uh, that's and good. he's breathing. He got, maybe he got punched a couple times in the face. I don't know, but he's, you know, he's boxing or something. And sometimes so the physicality behind some of these guys, you know. And if you watch yourself do it, and you, if you're just getting the facial thing down, you know. Wow. You, you don't have to do anything. You just breathe. <laughs> <laughs> That's spot on, man. Far out. And so just study, uh, studying, 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 you yeah. go. And then when you go in for the audition, they're like, we're looking for Robert De Niro type. You're like... I can do an impression of Robert De Niro. I'll do that, and then I'm gonna ch- and then I'm gonna shift it. So, you know, Robert De Niro, but maybe he's a little bit fatter, right? And now he's got this kind of guy. And he's gonna be, hey guys, you're joining the mafia. What is your problem here? Huh? What are you? All you guys that keep bothering me. So suddenly you have a new character, and all you did was you just took something that you already knew you could do and adjusted. That leads to another. You just make adjustments and you move around. And I uh, love that, yes. man. That's yeah. really great advice. And you can send uh, money to my Venmo, uh, which is P-I-O-T-R. <laughs> PayPal him after the yeah, show, hey? this isn't free. <laughs> no, mate. Look, it's been an absolute pleasure to chat with you, brother. My I really appreciate your time. Well. Yeah, um, this is fun. I, uh, I, I'd be remiss if I didn't get you to do a couple of voices for me here before I let you go. Hmm. Um, so I'm going to rattle off a couple, and you can talk mm. to Dan. In these voices, is that all right? All right, I'll, all I'll right. try and remember. You try your best. Yeah, 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 yeah. Al Pacino, talking to Dan. Al Pacino, let me tell you something, Dan. It is a pleasure to be here talking to you down under. Now, down under, do the toilets really flush the other way? Or is that bullshit? Because I heard that you you hit the little you hit the tanker and bow, your shit goes in another direction. Chris Walken. Gotta say, you know, when I was thinking about Australia, I thought they'd have Marmite. Turns out they've only got Vegemite. Why? 
I like Marmite on my toast. You know, it's very bitter. It's tasty. Vegemite. It's kind of like the bastard cousin. Not so wow. Optimus Prime. Optimus Prime says, roll out and find another voice, because I haven't done this one in a long time. <laughs> David, 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 let him. <laughs> uh, David, as, uh, uh, yeah, of course, uh, David Letterman as the, uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, it's, uh, you know, I've been, uh, I've been in, uh, in, uh, <laughs> I've been in retirement for a couple of years now, and, uh, uh, just uh, you know, I, I'm shaved now, but um, you know, it's uh, I, I grew a beard. I grew a beard. <laughs> I'm stretching you here, Morgan Freeman. What, are you crazy? <laughs> I can't do Morgan. Okay, hold on a second. <laughs> this is the voice of God. No, it's just Morgan Freeman. That's right. I know Piot Michael, and I just happen to be in the same booth at the same time. But of course, I'm also covering the camera because the PC culture is going to whip my ass into shape once they realize I'm just a white boy. What happened? What was going on? Wow. Did he jump in? That's amazing. I don't know. I, that was crazy. Thanks, Morgan. And last one, Hudson to Dan. Hudson, I've got a special assignment for you. I want you to shave your beard off. And your head. God damn it, how can you be a soldier on the streets if you just look like a hoodlum? (laughs) (laughs) He should just, like, Uh, roast people all the time. Doom, where the hell's my poster? (laughs) (laughs) Mate, it's been an absolute pleasure. I really, really appreciate your time. Fantastic. Um, What? Any other, is there anything you can announce or anything you can point us to in the future or just look out? For you in upcoming um, projects. I would say um, I've got the puppet show Let's Be Real, where I played Joe yep. Biden. That I We are filming additional episodes of that that will be coming. I don't know if that's international. It is American, so that'll be on Fox. For There's sure, always a VPN. Up. There you go. <laughs> uh, that should be later this month or April, I believe. I mean, I mean May. Mm-hmm. And then uh, I've got like... Three, four, five video games coming out. Ooh. I can't say anything Ooh. about anything, but all different projects, all Good fun stuff. characters. Serious one, a very science, sci-fi based one. Uh, one all based in the head. So a little teaser, a little secret uh, for you to all uh, 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 get excited about. And um, uh, we uh, big yeah, big we- games. Are these big titles? Yes, big Ooh. titles. All right. So yeah, if you Can't definitely wait. stay in touch with me, I will. I will. Uh, I'll announce those on uh, on my Twitter. Yeah. So you got Twitter and Inst- IG, Instagram. Yes. Yes, I do. Uh, Twitter. Piot is, Michael. Yeah, Piot P I O T R dot Michael for Twitter, I believe, and then uh, oh no, that's Instagram, and then Twitter is P I O T R underscore Michael for the tweets. You could just go to my website and it has all the links to it. So P I O T R Michael. Com. Yeah, I've got it in the description as well, guys. So yeah, you can well, go thank over you. There I appreciate and, um, that. Yeah, because yeah. it would be great to you know get in touch with fans too. And I also have uh, you know posters of Hudson. If people want that, I'm happy to sign and send those off. Just awesome. to get in touch with me. Yeah, you got a cameo or no? Not yet. Um, no, I haven't started cameo. I should probably do that because people oh, like that. I think you'd be you'd be inundated. If you had a cameo with requests. Well, let's see if I get requests now. So, um, yeah, 
I'm, uh, I'm happy if people want that, send me a message. Awesome, man. Well, I really appreciate it, Tom. I have to get you back for some of these big yes. games once they release, hey? Oh, yeah, yeah. You'll find out. You'll find out. Ooh. All right, mate. Have a, uh, have a great night. You appreciate too. your time. You too. Thank you very much. Take Stay care, healthy. Mate. You too. Take care. Bye-bye.